Welcome back to episode three of Morning Pages with Mitchell Jaramillo. That's me. I'm really excited uh, for this one. This is cool because I'm recording much later than I normally do. Normally I record around uh, 6 p.m. or so as soon as I get home. It's currently 9.30 on Monday, December 16th. And um, and that's due to... Uh, well, it's been a busy week. It's been a busy week. It's been a busy day. Um, Christmas is, well, for me, officially begins on Thursday. And so it's kind of crunch time. Um, I've never liked Christmas shopping, <laughs> to be frank. I, I, I never enjoyed uh, the pressure of, of trying to figure out what to get everybody. Um, but I'm doing well this season, and I think I'm... Uh, I think um, I've got pretty well everything I need, and I think I've I've covered all the bases, which sounds awful, but that's that's where I'm at. So I'm feeling good, um, but uh, I'm happy to be recording. I, it's been a a lot of stuff has happened ha- happened last week, and um, made me think a lot about the kinds of things I could talk about today. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that. Um, and again, it's just it's just interesting being in this mindset um, where I'm looking ahead to a podcast or I'm looking ahead to uh, to a session where I'm just literally um, meditating on things that I've been experiencing. That is that that putting time aside for that is new for me, and it's just interesting. I think it's interesting. It's cool. It's it's uh, it's the idea of just putting time aside to just think. To just think, to just talk. That's pretty cool. Um, what has happened? Oh my god, one crazy thing that has happened um, is in the span of like the past month and a half, maybe two months, um, two people were let go at my company. And that's crazy. Uh, sorry, two people were let go in my department at my company. And the reason why it's crazy is because... Uh, well, I guess it's just the first time you've ever have ever experienced this kind of thing. I think if if anybody uh, listening is early in their career, as I am, you might be kind of noticing, uh, and I mentioned this last time briefly, but you might be kind of noticing, I guess, certain milestones, noticing certain milestones that you hear about all the time. So, for example, people getting laid off, people getting fired or let go that that's a thing that happens that 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 happens often people see that all the time and some and some people listening might be like yeah you know i'm I'm used to that at this point which wouldn't be great but but that happens and so but but i think what's interesting on my end is that this is the first time i've ever seen it and so you go through these those initial reactions that are now cliche for everybody else you go through the holy shit like that guy like i never never expected that person and then you go through, you know, just literally trying to wrap your head around it, thinking to yourself that I was friends with this person. I was friends. I was friends with both these people and um, and admired both these people, looked up to both of them. And so when you think um, they're let go, it's almost as if uh, you can't really place, you can't really put their face with with that fact. It doesn't make sense. And so it's something really, it's really strange to experience. It's, and, um, and it's really again like i said it's a so it's really interesting uh just i don't know 
experiencing that for the first time. Uh, I'm not really sure how to wrap my head around it. I'm still kind of getting used to it, to be honest. But I guess it's one of those things that you just, you know, you move on and and you and you're you're left with a a newfound insight. The idea that you know, work hard, try your best, but take care of yourself. You're left with a newfound insight of some sort just that you know this is this could happen to anybody you don't have to be you don't have to be uh extraordinarily um you don't have to be extraordinary in any way (laughs) even in a negative way to get let go it could happen to anybody that's a that's a crazy fact i think everybody comes to know that but to experience that and to learn that for the first time is is really interesting so that was um, so that happened this past week um, and past month, past few months. It's been going on, and it's just kind of it's kind of crazy. Uh, kind of shook up the team a bit. So so that was interesting. But again, I mean, you don't know what happened or anything, so can't really comment on any of that. Um, just the experience itself is interesting. So uh, that's been quite new, and. Uh, yeah, I guess that's my work life. <laughs> There's other things going on at work, but I won't go into that now. Um, let's see what else we have. Looking ahead to my notes. Again, I've been taking notes throughout the week um, while I'm reading, currently reading uh, 21 Lessons for the 21st Century by Yuval Harari. So for the foreseeable future, that will be the topic of our conversation um, since those are I guess that's where most of my uh, most of my interesting ideas come from, <laughs> but it's a it's quite a cool book. If anybody, you know, I think a lot of people have read *Sapiens*, but obviously not everybody, um, and a lot of people may have read this book too. But essentially, Harari has three books. I think three major books. That is, one is called *Sapiens*, where it's a history of basically humankind, of humanity, of Homo sapiens. Um, then he has a second one called Homo Deus, I think that's how you say it, and it's about the future uh, of of Homo sapiens, so way in the future. And then he has a third one called Twenty One Lessons for the Twenty First Century, which is this one. I skipped the second one. I heard the second one was, uh, was dark and it was speculative uh, by nature. It ha- it has to be. Whereas this one's much more grounded in what we're doing and what we're actually experiencing immediately. So I thought, you know, it's not like you have to read one to to read the other. So I just skipped to the third one. Um, and it's it's interesting so far. It's, it's really interesting. Um, I guess reading these while I'm reading these books while I'm going through a very revolutionary time in my own in my own right, which is being new to the workplace, being new to working, being new to, you know, post-university life where you're, um, you know, you're, you're starting to get better with finances. You're starting to learn about fi- personal finance. You're starting to um, learn about how to navigate a workplace and, and what it means to go through adversity and what it means to collaborate and what it means to to you know try things uh to learn new things what it means to progress and to grow in your company what what professional development looks like what 
uh, you know, all these all these different things that, again, in 10 years, it'll all be cliche. It'll be the kinds of things that you don't just read on LinkedIn, but you actually connect with. You know, you, you read it and you hear it and you think, right now, I'm, right now, I often, it often goes over my head, you know, hear things like hard work, what it takes, but what it takes to, to do well. You hear things um, like that that don't really connect with you because you haven't really done much. You haven't really experienced too much. So it's, it's all new. And so I'm, I'm experiencing this newness at work, um, which is quite interesting. And I think everybody experiences that when you do something new. Uh, for me, it's, it's being new to the professional world and spending a year in there and, and, and seeing what that's like, what that progression looks like. For somebody else, it might be being new to just a community in general, being new to a craft, um, being new to a group of people, anything. I think that n- newness is so interesting. Um, something you've never seen before. It's something you don't really have a framework. I mean, you kind of do, but you don't really have a framework that has has connected with you thus far with how to for how to approach it. So some of the cool ideas I've, I've read recently and, and I've talked about recently about stories and 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 um, and how stories and art are basically providing, frameworks through which we can experience and understand the world um i guess growing up and this is for someone who grew up in the early 2000s uh you watch all these kinds of movies and you hear all these kinds of stories about um i don't know i I can't think i won't be able to think of an example that applies to everybody but there are things that become so commonplace to the point that you don't really, you don't really see it uh, for what it is. So you you watch a movie, and people are complaining about working. So you watch The Office, and uh, and and you see these people who are living every day pretty well the same, um, and they're living the routine life of of you know working in an office and. And, and we laugh at that, and that's that's the joke. That's part of the joke. It's finding humor in those moments, I guess. But for for kids who grew up watching that, even for me who watched that before I started work, you don't really you don't really get it, right? You don't really get what it's like to live that routine of a life, and you and you often think it's funny because it's made funny, and so you're kind of like, oh, that would never be me. But <laughs> and so it's why I actually went to work. Like I work at a company that's kind of, kind of has like a startup culture, and so they kind of, uh, they kind of pride themselves. We pride ourselves on not um, just on being being more than just another nine to five. But and that and that lasted for for the first first four months maybe, but after a while, despite how much you love the place and and despite and and I'm I'm so grateful to be where I am. But despite all that, you still come to realize that it is a nine to five. You come to realize that it is another office job in the same respect. And so, I mean, even that realization in itself was kind of huge. You're, you're, again, 24 years old now and, and thinking that I would never end up in an office like that and just seeing, and it's, it's not sad in any regard. It's just kind of, it's just kind of interesting that I am inevitably falling into the same patterns that all humans fall into 
that in itself I think is is really cool so then when I and as as my relationship with my girlfriend progresses for example um, you also meet certain milestones certain honestly cliched milestones first time you you know first date first time you've met her parents first time you kissed things like that those are all like such impactful moments and you almost can't escape that no matter how hard you try so you might look at all these movies and all these stories and think this is ridiculous these are silly cliches it's all just romantic making things ridiculously romantic but then you find yourself experiencing those same cliches in different ways obviously in ways that are unique to you but but you still experience them you experience these patterns that that you've grown up watching you know you watch you you grow up watching movies and reading books um that depict a life when you're a teenager that you that you dream about and then you or, or a life as a young adult that you that you dream about or that you you just know about the idea of living in toronto living in the city in a condo having a job going to work every day but being young enough that you still go out to bars and like that i don't know i think i don't know if this is universal for everyone but but ideas like that and visions and stories like that they definitely crossed my mind when i was younger and and it was almost like it was almost the coolest thing to think about that like what would 24 year old mitchell be doing right and and now that i'm 24 i look back on 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 10 year old me and wonder what i would think (laughs) so i think that's that's all kind of crazy and i think reading um these books like Northrop Fry and, and Yuval Harari who talk about how central stories are. And then I guess living through these very f- monumental experiences that show me how, how, how aligned I am with the human story, no matter how hard I try to be different. <laughs> I mean, we all want to be different, right? We all want to be just unique in every capacity. the first one to do something or the first one to the first one to do something or whatever something like that we all want to be unique and so finding yourself in these stories is it's almost it's almost jarring you know in the sense that it's like whoa i am not different but then whoa um I guess I guess for those who don't fit into the mold of those stories, it's frustrating. If you think about outsiders and you think about people who are who are who are not fitting into the mold, I mean, I mean, there are, it's we look we we romanticize it, I guess, and and there are people who are who are really like the great some of the greatest artists, for example, in history, don't fit into the molds, and so. I think we look back on it with a romantic eye, but I think for those going through it, it's probably not easy. Um, Because you're always like, you're always fighting against, against someone. And so I guess, um, I don't know, it's an interesting idea. The, like, do you want to be part of a mold? No, you know, you don't want to be... No, you don't. You don't want to be uh, part of a mold. You don't want to be part of just another template. But then do you want to be different? Well, yeah, you want to be different until you are different. And then 
you just want to be like everyone else. You want to live a normal life. We've heard that all the time. We hear that in, in all those movies with, you know, children who were born of fame. You always hear them say, I just want to be a normal kid. It's like, Jesus Christ. Want to trade? <laughs> I don't know how I got onto that, but that kind of aligns with something I've been trying to talk about for a while, <clears throat> but just couldn't find an avenue, which is just the idea of, of going through young adulthood, I guess. 24 years old, just learning life. <laughs> That sounds so, so, uh, what's the word? It sounds like I'm trying to be artsy when I say it like that. But I'm not. I think um, I don't want to get too in detail about what I'm experiencing um, because I don't think it's universal for all of my friends and and those for, and by extension those who might be listening. <laughs> um but I think, uh, like for me, it's just, like I said, it's the idea of working a nine to five job, that lifestyle and that, like what goes along with that and what that's like and what that means for the rest of your life. What I mean is what, what that means for everything outside of the nine to five. That is so, such a labyrinth, such a, such a maze to navigate. That is such a maze to navigate. But it's cool. I feel like I've learned a lot over this past year. A lot. Uh, I've been in this job since January, and and I've learned a ton. I've learned a lot, which is great. So my experience is in... Uh, working it's in the working world it's learning the nine to five and it's interesting because um i know some people my age who when they finished school they didn't jump in to the working world as i did and they didn't jump into a job right away they went traveling they went traveling the world they went to across the across the planet and they went to teach english in korea or you know just travel through australia they did you know random shit like that and and they say do it while you're young travel while you're young and so oftentimes i'll feel like am i am i wasting my young years working full-time uh which is a question that does cross my mind a few times um like like often and it's just and it's not like of like that i'm doing something wrong it's more so just initially it was that i, I felt like i was doing something wrong um but it but I've come to kind of realize, and I think I'm still getting used to this, but I've come to kind of get used to the idea that everyone just kind of does their own thing. Just do your own thing and don't think about other people. <laughs> uh, because, well, I mean, there are people at work in my in my role, in the same role, um, making the same money, doing you know the same thing as me, and and they're older than me. And they're older than me because they're more experienced than I am. They've gone, they've traveled the world, they've worked different jobs, they've in in different countries. They're in many ways more cultured than I am. Um, and I think that, and I used to think, and I still do to an extent, that 
when you do that kind of thing, no matter how visible the fruits of that is, it's just so valuable. I, I, I look at those people like like they're superhuman. For someone who's traveled to multiple different countries and has hiked through, uh, you know, hiked to Machu Picchu or, you know, been into the been to switzerland through the alps and whatnot i i look at those people and i think like holy fuck like you you know you know things you've seen things you've been places you you've tried random shit and you've met really random people and and i and i and i still think that's that's incredible and i know some people at work who have done that and and it's amazing and then they come and 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 they almost like they almost like stop and settle down and they end up in in a job similar to mine, and then they start working, and they say like, "Yeah, I did that, and like I'm I'm probably gonna do it again." But figured this it's about time I need to start saving some money. Um, you know, I'm not uh, I can't just travel forever, kind of thing. And and that's that's really cool. I think I think that's um I think that's really cool of them. And I've always looked at them in such awe, thinking to myself like, "Holy shit! Like, what am I doing? Like, you're." you've done it right and and I and I came to school I came to work right after school I always thought that was a problem um, but then some of those friends some of those people who I've gotten close with kind of flipped the switch on me and they would say things like well I mean yeah it's cool it's good but but I'm just starting my career now right like I'm and and they almost say that they, they I've heard people say like they're like I'm behind like I, that never crossed my mind, and and even though they say that, I still don't think I, I still don't consider them as as behind per se. It's obviously it's a different time, so I would say to them like, oh, you're not behind. Everyone just you know has their own journeys, and and you've you've gone and traveled the world, and now you're now you're here at work. And I could say the same shit for myself. <laughs> Everyone has their own journeys, right? I I'm working right now, and I'm getting some experience, and and I've and I've I've. I think I've developed a lot in that way where I've become very confident in what I'm doing that I'm not as worried about what I'm not doing. Whole, that was like the bane of my existence. But I'm now kind of confident in the fact that, you know what, I've spent a year at work, might spend another year, who knows, might spend five years, I don't know, just developing myself, building myself up. And then where do I want to be in five years? I don't know. And, and I think I'm just confident in the fact that at the end of my tenure at this company and working where I'm working and doing what I'm doing, I will be quite accomplished and I'll be, I'll be at a place where I can, I can leverage my experience to empower myself to do other things, right? And I'm also the kind of person where I don't want to just be at a company and then be traveling. I don't want those to be mutually exclusive. I don't want to be in one place and then and then make a whole new switch to go to another. I kind of want to do different things. And so it's kind of why I started the podcast um, to start that, I guess, to start the to start the dabbling in, in multiple areas. So it's, it's really interesting, I think, um, over the course of this past year, that's one thing that I've learned, which is you know, I'm not I'm not as worried anymore that I'm doing the wrong thing. It's easy to think that. It's easy to think that when you talk when you, when you hear stories from people at work, people who are you know like most of my team is older than me, right? I'm I think I'm the I'm 
for a while I was the youngest on the team. There's a lot more people who are, are, are joining the team right out of school, but for a while I was the youngest. Um, and on my current team, I'm still the youngest. But, um, and so when I hear stories and I hear of some things that they've done and I hear the confidence, I guess, in 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 the way that they know what they like and what they don't like, it's almost, it's so impressive that I almost feel like I'm doing something wrong. But then, as I said, everyone does their own shit. And so I'm learning to to accept it and be confident and move with what I'm doing and and learn in that way. And I think as a result, I've, I've been very self-reflective over the past year, which is so, so helpful. It's, it's, a, it's a really good feeling. <laughs> so when I say that I learned a lot, I, I keep saying that. Um, I think I'm, I'm saying that so much because I'm looking back on how much I've reflected. Um, and I don't mean to say that to sound pompous. I just mean, you know, when you start to pay attention, you see a lot of shit. <laughs> So, so that's been also quite a revolution, just being able to feel confident doing, doing your own thing. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much that on, on, on that note. I think it's, I think that particular learning and that particular idea is so interesting to me because because no matter what you do, you're learning about yourself as long as you're doing something. So as you know, at work, which is a very it's it's also it's also quite interesting because I'm at I'm at work, and I'm in I'm almost in a bubble, I guess, because when I'm at work, I'm doing day to day jobs that are within the scope of my job description, and 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 if I were to talk about them outside of work. It, it almost feels irrelevant because <laughs> it's little things, it's little tasks here and there where um, where these these universal themes are revealed. It's the idea of adversity. If I explain the example that I'm referring to of adversity, it would take forever to give the context and then getting into it is just it's just unnecessary it just seems like it it seems like it's so irrelevant at that point the point is not what happened the point is the theme right so so on that note um it's it's funny that i'm learning so much about myself at work in the same way that people might learn these same themes while traveling the world right it's almost irrelevant what they're doing what they're actually doing but you learn about yourself right you go to a country and you and you are forced to live a certain way. You're forced to, um, you know, uh, make make it work because you're on the go, kind of thing. It's almost like you learn about yourself. You learn about what you can take, what you can't take, things like that. So, so it's it's, it's cool to know that no matter what you're doing, you're learning about yourself. And I think that's as that's the most crucial takeaway for me, at this point in my life. I mean, I'm I'm 24. I've been at this company since I was. 24 <laughs> 23 I mean I'm, I'm, I'm it's almost a year so uh, yeah I think that's a, I think that's a cool idea that I've, I'm literally learning about myself in the same way that everybody needs to at this age and and when I look at what people might have been might, might have done and maybe like other accomplishments you know how you sometimes just can't help but compare yourself to people when you look at that kind of stuff, um, you may think that you should be doing more than 
than you are. But I think I'm finally beginning to understand what it means to say that everybody goes at their own pace. Um, you know, people look at, you know, young um, young successful people and they think like wow he's so young and and I and I'm not there I can't I can't do that what am I doing with my life right he's 22 years old and he's already millionaire and I'm and I'm doing what but I think that's a hard comparison to make because um, when I say that everyone goes at their own pace um, I'm actually thinking in, in particular I, I just watched the first episode of season three of the crown and um and and hang hang with me for a moment because this will this will connect um i I think i'm going to try and make this connect but basically there's a character in in the in the show who um who was a who was a russian spy uh in the during the cold war or yeah i guess during the cold war before the cold war he was a russian spy and uh and then he ended up in the royal establishment, very high up, and he completely went un- he went completely undetected. And uh, and when they did find out, it was like fifteen years after it had happened. And so they were, you know, the British establishment, the CIA, the like MI MI five. They were all so um, so embarrassed almost because they uh, went undetected and so if they revealed to the general public to the world that there was somebody in the royal establishment that was a Russian spy then it all it would deteriorate their reputation so they kept it quiet they kept it quiet for years but um, but it eventually came out Margaret Thatcher let it loose and uh, and he was essentially uh, exiled <laughs> from society he like you know, just withdrew from society altogether because, well, there's nothing for him, right? Nobody, like, there's nothing for him. So um, I read a quote, though. He said that, I mean, obviously this is the case, but um, but because he was so successful in, in spying for the Russians and because he was so, like, his, his career went virtually unscathed until it was revealed, like, 20 years later because of all that it's um it's interesting that he ended up saying that um talking about he ended up saying that spying for the soviets was the biggest mistake of his life which you know it might be intuitive to think but i think because everything went his way (laughs) um it's not necessarily but him saying that um he said that basically uh and then adding on to that he said uh when he was the age he was when they recruited him he was at cambridge he was in college he was essentially an undergrad younger than me he said uh i'm i'm paraphrasing here but he said something along the lines of when he's at that age he was he was so naive politically too naive to commit himself to a political action as severe as spying for the soviets and that i thought was really really cool because when you're at that age you're learning so much about yourself and about the world and about where you fit into the world and about how you see the world and whether or not like where your um your your uh where your loyalties lie and and what you care about what you don't care about what you agree with what you don't agree with you're learning so much about that because you're just starting to learn about the real life implications like when i when i'm at work and i'm 
trying to figure out my finances and I'm trying to afford living in Toronto and all that, I'm I'm paying attention to politics and I'm paying attention to the world around me because I, 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 it's now starting to affect me. And if I were to travel the world, then, you know, I would need to make sure I would need to keep up with which countries are, you know, are easy to get visas in, which ones are having trouble, which ones to avoid. I mean, it, you start to pay attention to these things because you're starting to actually explore the world. And so because all of this is so new to us, contrasting the bubble we were in for 16 sometimes more years of our life in school because it's all so new to us it's almost absurd to think that we can be so confident and so certain of of who we are and and what we think and what we feel when that's just not the case so you've got this guy this this uh this soviet spy who ends up in the british establishment but at such a young age he commits this drastic political statement against against the the british empire or against uh, the the royal family against anybody who who's on the opposite side of the soviets this drastic statement and and he admits himself that it's he did so without fully understanding the ramifications of that. And I don't remember where I was <laughs> when I started talking about this. I said it was going to connect, um, and then I lost it. But I think I think the way that it connects is let's see if we can tie it together with um, the idea of. Uh, you know, making feeling confident in in what you're doing, and not feeling as if uh, you're doing the wrong thing. I think um, perhaps it connects in the sense of of being open, being open to the fact that we none of us really know what's going on, um, and uh, and I think being open to the fact that you're in a state of learning, and so no matter what you do, as long as you're doing something, um, you're learning. See, I didn't mean for this to be preachy in any way. I think it's so it's so difficult to not turn it into a a uh, a, a teaching <laughs> of some kind, because as I've mentioned, I've learned a lot while thinking like this, and so I'm kind of teaching myself, and and I guess now I'm just expressing that. But don't take it as a teaching if it doesn't apply to you, and if it just feels demeaning. <laughs> Um, just take it for, uh, for what it is. My, my, just my, my ramblings. Um, but yeah, so that, I, 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 uh, I'm not sure if those connected, but I, I think they were, I think they did. I mean, it reminded me of that. And so it was, it was pretty cool. It's a good show in the crown. I don't know if, I mean, obviously I don't know if you've watched it. I don't, I don't know who you are. Um, but if you haven't watched it, you should watch it. It's, it's a really crisp show. It's done by the BBC, which I think is, I mean, I don't know that many of the BBC shows, but from what I've seen, it's, it seems incredible. I think Sherlock is made by the BBC, The Crown, obviously in conjunction with other production companies. I think The Crown is Netflix and the BBC, but regardless, it's, it's such a good show. It's just, it's gorgeous in the way that it's shot. It's, it's strong. Um, 
in the writing and with the actors and the story is really good too it's the way they tell the story um the way they draw parallels with with our modern day life but the way they draw parallels in this in in the show itself um it's a really good show and i'm hoping so the the first and the second season were with the same actors but the third season is about um is about the queen when she's a little bit older and so they switched all of the actors to an older group to uh to to showcase that change which is a pretty cool move it's kind of bold too because you've got to the audience has to adapt to a new a new actor a new set of actors so that's pretty i mean i've only watched the first episode and and they were pretty good so um i think i'm already on board (laughs) But that's a that's a great show. Um, obviously, there's a lot of really good shows, and I'm gonna say this here actually because this is my podcast. But one of the best shows that I've ever watched is The Leftovers. It's on HBO. Um, it's a really good show. It's only three seasons. If you have HBO or you have any means to watch it, I recommend it. It's also very dark and gloomy. So if you're not in the mood for that, then don't watch it. But but I, I, I loved it. Um, my friend got me into it. And uh, and it's brilliant. It's it's centered around or not centered around, it's uh the premise of the show is that uh, one day on planet Earth at one single random moment, um I think it was something like 2% of the world's population vanished. They just disappeared. Nobody knows why. Nobody knows where they went. Nobody knows how. Nobody nobody understands it. And this show takes place, I think, three years later, maybe. Can't quite remember. It's been a while. Maybe three years later. And it focuses on the leftovers. It focuses on those who are still on Earth. And... And it's it's just it's a test for humanity. It's a test for all the characters, and so it puts them in the most compromising positions. It pushes them to their limits. It's kind of like whoever came up with the idea for it, whoever came up with the concept, just somehow had um, had found the formula to pushing humans to their limit. And so it's 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 really good. It's uh. The acting's amazing. The writing is incredible. You go, you, you if you search any, I guarantee, if you search any YouTube video with the leftovers, so you search any scene from the leftovers on YouTube, any scene, guaranteed, every comment in that section is just going to tell you about how amazing this show is. Every single comment. Yeah, I need to watch it again. Um, but anyway, it's about yeah, it's about the people who are left over. And so talks it shows like cults that are formed basically explaining or um demonstrating how to react to they call it the departure um they have you know religious groups popping up um claiming truth and claiming understanding about the departure um religion like catholicism christianity becomes super popular again because they talk about 
there are stories i don't know exactly the details but there are stories in the bible that talk of this what's the, what's it called it's the um oh i can't remember the name of it but one of, there is a story essentially about people disappearing it's the uh i can't remember the rapture that's what i'm thinking some people claim it was the rapture but it's a it's basically a, a show that uh that challenges every character's um preconceptions so one character will be super religious and will desperately try to maintain that throughout the show and then other characters and and just the the events of the show challenge that and so the character is then left to question their own belief and that happens for everybody and it's so difficult um for the characters but it's just so strong oh my god yeah it's it's a it's such a good show highly recommend it but yeah what else is going on in my life what's out no not what's going on in my life what's on my mind what's on my mind What most surprised me about The Leftovers is how grounded in biblical stories it is. Um, I think the whole arc of the show follows the Bible, <laughs> essentially. And, um, and the main character ends up portrayed as a, as a Jesus-like figure. And... I don't, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure why, and I'm not sure what their end goal is, but it's, but something about it is so powerful to do that, to, to align it with, with religion, to align it with the Bible. I guess it's really just making clear. Um, yeah, I'm not sure why, actually. I think it's, uh, but, it, but it's, but it's really cool. And I think that's, some, that's something that's also fascinating to me, is just the idea that the Bible is so central to so many of the things that we do. So I went to a Catholic elementary school and a Catholic high school. And I mean, by the time I hit my later years in high school, it seemed I, I began to kind of question why I was in Catholic or what the point of Catholic school at that point was, um, though I didn't mind it because I had a I had a philosophy teacher who I really appreciated um, and he was he was very Catholic, but he <laughs> but could tell I'm an atheist. He was very Catholic, and he uh, he was a really good guy, and he was really smart. He knew a lot about philosophy, and so I learned I learned a lot in his class. Um, that was like my first exposure to philosophy, to Plato and Socrates and and uh, Aristotle and just philosophical ideas. And so that was that was really cool um, because that well, that was kind of for me integrated with with religion we learned about thomas aquinas as well and so that was great and i think um what i was getting at before i got into that teacher was just the fact that i was i went to like a catholic school my whole life and so we had religion every day religion class we had mass every week maybe that might be free uh, something like that we had prayer in the morning every day and um and we learned all of the all of the stories all of the the central biblical stories um 
we read them when we were young and then we went through all of the the motions when we were young i went through all of the sacraments when i was when i was young um and and i think i think it really solidified in like grade nine and ten when we really like started talking about the stories um just in a much more mature manner but you know we learned about noah's ark we learned about the tower of babel we learned about the three wise men um we learned about um what else you know mary we learned about the stages of the cross we learned about a a ton of different stories and i don't know them all because i'm not an avid um student of the bible um though i have one or i have i have a couple from school (laughs) um but i think i'm really grateful to have that upbringing i mean now um as i said I'm, i'm i'm not much of a i'm not i'm not very religious but I'm very grateful to have had the upbringing, to have the Catholic upbringing, because I'm I know these stories at least at least a bit, right? I know about um, like when I hear these stories referenced, I know where they're coming from, or when I hear the Bible referenced, I understand the significance and I understand how to situate myself in that, and so that was really cool. Um, that that's really cool when I'm going about my day and I'm reading. You know, I'm reading Yuval Harari talk about how important all these biblical stories were. I'm listening to some lecture or talk about, you know, why these are so central to who we are. And, 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 you know, I've heard people say that, you know, stories don't last forever, last long just cause, right? They're obviously, they last, they last thousands of years for a reason, um, just as these stories had. So um, I'm really grateful for that upbringing because it kind of gives me insight for myself into what it's like to be part of a of a, of one of those stories of one of those stories that is effectively debatable. So if I'm looking at the stories of of you know democracy and liberalism, and I'm looking at why those might not be the I'm looking at how those are declining. And decreasing in value and I'm looking at how it's becoming clear that they're not the only option I think I can understand that because I grew up I grew up Catholic and so I saw and so I saw a, a, a story and I saw what it was like to live in that story and then subsequently fall out of touch with it um, so that's that was that's a, that's a really interesting idea, and I don't I, and I don't think I'm unique in that way. I think a lot of people can understand this as well, um, but I think just the ability to see what it's like to be wrapped up in that, and then what it's like to be on the outside looking in, but knowing both perspectives, then when I'm able to look at other stories, it's almost as if I can I can see how something like that might fall, but. That doesn't give me any. <laughs> that doesn't give me any privileges in terms of knowing what to do about it or, or how to how to mitigate the issue. I think it just. I think it's just a, an interesting similarity that I can make in my mind and one that I'm really grateful for. Because, I think every single fucking episode is going to be about stories, <laughs> at least as long as I'm reading nonfiction, because it seems as though that's my thing right now. I'm just I can't get enough of the fact that stories surround us. Um, and so I'll just kind of 
I think I'll just keep that up. But it's it's pretty wild, I think, and I'm still blown away by how how much uh, like how how significant they are, I guess, and and why they're everywhere, and why stories are you know story arcs um, and 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 dramas like we look at at life as like a drama, and why these arcs are are everywhere. It's I most recently read it this morning in Yuval Harari, <laughs> Twenty One Lessons. Um, I woke up at like 5:30 this morning and it was great. It was uh it was awesome. I I um <clears throat> I love waking up early, but I'm not good at waking up early. So when I do, I like to take full advantage of it. So I woke up and got ready. I was ready by like 6:30 and then I just read for an hour and that was beautiful. But as a result, I'm now very tired. <laughs> so I think I'll call it there. That was kind of a random episode in the sense that I didn't talk about too much, but I think I did. I hope it, I hope it was interesting. Um, regardless, I think I'm going to begin thinking of ways to elevate the standard of this podcast and start building off, building off what I have in creative ways. So stay tuned for that. Thanks for listening, and I hope y'all have a great week.